Hey kids, welcome to Papa's Bible Stories. For each episode, I pick a Bible story to talk to my kids about. I have a beautiful son, Jacob, who is eight, and a beautiful daughter, Leah, who is five. And these stories are for them. But even though these stories are for my kids, Jacob, Leah, and I would love it very much if you decided to join us. What do you say? Let's get started. Pharaoh was standing beside the Nile River. This river was the most important river in all of Egypt. And as the king of Egypt, he knew it well. And as Pharaoh contentedly gazed at the Nile, all of a sudden seven cows poked their heads out of the water. And the cows slowly walked up to the bank of the river and then began to graze. Where did those cows come from? And Pharaoh looked closely at the cows and he noticed that they were very healthy, fat cows probably the healthiest cows that he had ever seen. But as Pharaoh took in the scene, seven more cows poked their heads out of the water, and just like the first cows, they began to slowly walk up the bank of the river. But as these new cows came out of the water, Pharaoh noticed that they were in bad shape. They were sickly, and skinny and blah, ugly. Their ribs were poking out everywhere and they looked like they were starving. Someone needs to feed these poor cows. But just as Pharaoh was thinking that, each of the seven skinny cows walked up to the first seven healthy fat cows and the skinny cows began to eat the healthy cows. <laughs> What? That's right, kidzos. The skinny cows were eating the fat cows. Blech. But while Pharaoh watched, the skinny cows completely gobbled up the fat cows. And when they were done, they were just as skinny and sickly as they had been before. They hadn't gotten any bigger, even though they'd eaten the cows that were bigger than them. How is that possible? What was going on? And that's when Pharaoh shot up out of bed. Oh, it had been a dream. No wonder it didn't make any sense. And no doubt Pharaoh was happy that that nightmare was over. And after a little while, somehow Pharaoh managed to get back to sleep. But then, he had another crazy dream. This time, Pharaoh saw seven heads of grain grow on one stalk. Have you kids ever seen a field of grain? You know, the top part of the grain plant that's kind of a bit fatter than the rest of the plant? Well, that would be a head of grain. And Pharaoh saw seven heads of grain grow on one stalk. These heads of grain were plump and good. And then he saw another seven heads of grain come up on another stalk, but these ones were thin and dry. 
like they'd never been watered before, and the sun had dried them out. And then, somehow, the thin, dry heads of grain ate the plump heads of grain. And then Pharaoh shot up out of bed again. Another crazy dream. What was going on tonight? When the morning finally arrived, Pharaoh was troubled. He just couldn't get those dreams out of his head. He felt like they were important, like they meant something. Almost like they were trying to tell him that something bad was about to happen. But what? He just couldn't stop thinking about them. So, the Bible says that Pharaoh called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams. Do you kiddos remember in the last episode that the butler and the baker were sad because there was no one around to interpret their dreams? Well, unlike the butler and the baker, there were plenty of dream interpreters around to help Pharaoh. And all the magicians and wise men would have made their way to Pharaoh's palace. Probably thousands of people. And Pharaoh told them all about his crazy dreams. And the Bible says that there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Of all the wise men in all of Egypt, of all the magicians in all of Egypt, not one of them could tell Pharaoh what his dreams meant. And that seemed to be that. I mean, what else was Pharaoh going to do? If the dreams could have been interpreted, then surely one of the supposed wise men or supposed magicians would have done so. He was just going to have to forget about the dreams. But try as he might, Pharaoh just couldn't do it. He just had this feeling like they were super important, and he just couldn't shake this feeling of being frustrated. And as time went on, Pharaoh would have gotten more and more unhappy the longer he went without knowing what the dreams meant. And when the king is unhappy, well, the king's servants are definitely unhappy. I mean, just imagine if the person who could have you killed at any moment was in a bad mood all the time. And with things getting worse and worse with Pharaoh, his servants started to rack their brains. How can we fix this crazy situation? And one particular servant, the chief butler, was probably thinking to himself, if only I knew someone who knew a thing or two about dreams. If only I knew someone who had accurately interpreted an important dream before. If only... Wait, the chief butler did know someone like that. Joseph! Right, Joseph, that Hebrew prisoner who'd taken care of him in prison, the guy who he'd forgotten about and left to spend the rest of his life in prison. Now, even though the butler was embarrassed that he'd forgotten about Joseph, he knew that he had better say something. If there was any way he could help Pharaoh, 
he'd better do it, or Pharaoh was just going to get worse and worse. So the butler worked up the nerve to approach Pharaoh and said, I remember my faults this day, when Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, both me and the chief baker, we each had a dream in one night, he and I. Each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. Now there was a young Hebrew man there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. And we told him, and he interpreted our dreams for us. To each man he interpreted according to his own dream. And it came to pass, just as he interpreted for us, so it happened. Now after Pharaoh found out who Joseph was, well, he might have been a little reluctant to ask him for help. I mean, Joseph was a prisoner, the lowest of the low. And before he'd been a prisoner, he'd been a slave. And not only that, but Joseph wasn't even Egyptian. He was a Hebrew, a foreigner. But it didn't matter. Even if there was the slightest chance that this Hebrew Joseph guy might know the interpretation of his dream, well, Pharaoh wasn't going to leave any stone unturned. And the Bible says that Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph. Now, last we left Joseph, he'd just had his latest disappointment. The butler had forgotten about him, and two whole years had gone by since then. And if he hadn't before, Joseph had probably begun to wonder if he'd ever get out of that dank, dark, stinky prison. And then on this particular day, some people showed up at the prison. They were looking for him, and they were in a rush. And they told Joseph that he needed to get himself cleaned up. He was going to see Pharaoh. Er? What? Pharaoh? Are you kidding? Joseph had worked for the captain of the king's guard, Potiphar, for many years. And he would have known that certain people just don't ever see Pharaoh. And those people included slaves, prisoners, and foreigners of which Joseph was all three. What could have possibly been the reason that Pharaoh wanted to see him? And the Bible says that they brought Joseph quickly out of the dungeon, and he shaved and changed his clothing and came to Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. Ah, now Joseph understood. Pharaoh had had a dream, and for whatever reason, no one could interpret it. And that's when the butler had remembered him, and they wanted to see if Joseph could help. Makes sense. But Joseph understood that he himself didn't know a thing about interpreting dreams, and that God was the only one who could really interpret a dream. 
Would God give Joseph the interpretation of Pharaoh's dream just like he'd done with the butler? Well, somehow God let Joseph know that he would give Joseph the interpretation. And Joseph replied to Pharaoh and said, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And so, Pharaoh went ahead and told Joseph all about his dreams about the fat and skinny cows, about the plump and dried up grain, and about how each one ate the other. And when he finished, he said, I told this to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. And then Pharaoh stopped speaking, and the moment of truth had arrived. Would Joseph be able to interpret the dreams? even though all the wise men and all the magicians in all of Egypt hadn't been able to? And then the amazing God that we serve came through for Joseph and somehow told Joseph the interpretation of the dreams. And Joseph said, The dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads are seven years. The dreams are one. And the seven thin and ugly cows, which came up after them, are seven years. And the seven empty heads, blighted by the east wind, are seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Indeed, seven years of great plenty will come throughout all the land of Egypt. But after them, seven years of famine will arise, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine will deplete the land. So the plenty will not be known in the land because of the famine following, for it will be very severe. And the dream was repeated twice to Pharaoh, because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Joseph's immediate and confident interpretation of the dreams did not allow for any doubt, and right away Pharaoh knew in his heart that the interpretation was correct. Indeed, there would be seven years of plenty, and then seven years of devastating famine. Now, it might be hard for many of us to imagine now, but up until not that long ago, the weather was a huge deal. Most people used to live directly off the food produced on their land. So good weather meant full stomachs. Bad weather even for one season, meant empty stomachs. And as for a seven-year famine, meaning seven whole years with little to no rain, well, that would be absolutely devastating. Nothing could grow without rain. At the end of those seven years, there probably wouldn't even be in Egypt anymore. And no doubt when Pharaoh and the rest of the people in the room 
heard that there would be a seven-year famine, their hearts would have fallen into their stomachs. How were they going to survive? What were they going to do? Now, along with everyone else in the room, Joseph also knew exactly what seven years of famine meant. And quickly looking at the situation, he decided to make a helpful suggestion. And drawing on all those years of experience taking care of Potiphar's household, and drawing on all the inside knowledge that he gained about how Egypt worked, Joseph quickly came up with a plan. And he said to Pharaoh, Now therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven years of plenty. And let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. Then that food shall be as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. So basically, Joseph was saying, hey, there's going to be seven years of plenty before the seven years of famine, right? So, during those years, save up the extra food and store it for when the famine comes. That way, people will have food to eat during the famine. Oh, and make sure that you appoint someone really smart and really capable to be in charge of the whole thing. You know, the nation's survival is at stake, and there's not going to be any do-overs. And as Pharaoh and his advisors thought about it, the Bible says that the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. So they all thought that Joseph's helpful suggestion was a great idea. But what he was suggesting to do was no small thing. A fifth of all the harvest of the whole country was a huge amount of food. Where would it be stored? How do you preserve that much food for seven years? How would you make sure that no one steals it? How would you make sure that everyone's contributing their fair share? And then once the famine hits, how should it be given out fairly? There was literally a million questions to be answered and a million details to be worked out. But the very first question that needed to be answered was where would they find someone with enough wisdom and discernment that could be trusted with such an enormous responsibility? So much would be depending on this one person. Who would it be? Well, Pharaoh and his advisors would have thought long and hard about that. And they would have considered this person and that person. But at some point, a thought occurred to Pharaoh. What about Joseph? I mean, Joseph obviously had a connection to a powerful God. Actually, the only God, but Pharaoh didn't know that. So what about him? And no doubt, Pharaoh would have asked around about Joseph. 
When he talked to the butler, to his surprise, he found out that Joseph was a kind and attentive caretaker. When he talked to Potiphar and the keeper of the prison, they told him all about how Joseph could be 100% trusted, about how Joseph managed all the servants very well, that Potiphar's household had never done so well as when Joseph was taking care of it, and that basically everything that was left up to Joseph turned to gold. And when it came time to make the final decision, it was very obvious to everyone that there was only one person in all of Egypt that was up to the job. Joseph. And Pharaoh said to his advisors, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? And when the decision was made, Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my household, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. Joseph would have been shocked. Him? Pharaoh was going to make him the number two of all of Egypt? A prisoner? A slave and a foreigner? It didn't seem possible. He had just been in prison. Was he still dreaming? But he wasn't dreaming. And the Bible says that Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand. And he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he had him ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried out before him, Bow the knee. So he set him over all the land of Egypt. When Joseph had a moment to get over the shock of the whole thing, and after he'd had a chance to think about all the things that had happened in his life leading to this moment, he would have realized just how good God had been to him over the years. All those years slaving away for Potiphar, well, he'd learned how to manage servants and how to manage money, and he'd learned how Egypt was run. All those years in prison, well, he'd learned hard lessons about fairness and injustice and mercy. When he refused Potiphar's wife, well, that's when he'd become known for being 100% trustworthy. And when his brothers had sold him into slavery, well, if that hadn't happened, then no one would have been around to help Egypt with this crisis. And as he thought through each disappointment, each time that he'd felt like God had abandoned him, he realized that God had allowed each of those things to happen. And that in those moments when he'd felt the most alone, well, those had been the moments when God had been with him the most. And my kidzos, God is like that with all of us. If we give our hearts to God 
He is always preparing us and shaping us into the people that we need to be. Because just like Joseph, God has a plan for you. He has something in store just for you. It might not be as flashy and glamorous as being the second highest official of the most powerful country in the world, but it will be just as special and just as important in its own way. So when we go through difficult times, like maybe when you feel that pop is coming down hard on you, or, or you get a bad grade, or, or you don't get that thing you wanted, or you're dealing with a bully, or if someone important dies, or whatever that difficult thing is that you're going through, don't forget that God is right there with you. And that those are the times when he is with you the most. And that God has a plan for you beyond anything you can imagine. Just like Joseph. Alright kidzos, that's it for this episode. So what did you guys think about the story? That he received very great authority in second place yeah. in Egypt. He sure did, right? And he, he went did, and he did tell some some interpreted dreams. <laughs> he interpreted some dreams. Yeah, that's true. He went from being a prisoner to being somebody very important, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, in the next episode, we are going to continue with the story of Joseph and see how he's doing with saving Egypt. But until then, to all the kids tuning in, I hope you have an awesome day, God be with you, and I hope we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.